Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of OA News Overtime. I'm Jordan Hill with Justin Lee. Jordan, it's the calm before the storm. Justin, did you get any rest from Baton Rouge is my question. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. It's been a, man, this whole week. It's been raining all week on the plains. But uh, slowly but surely, we inch our way toward the, you know, the inevitable march of destiny toward the Georgia Bulldogs. Towards the Deep South's oldest rivalry. And the Deep South's oldest rivalry this Saturday. How far back it goes. I I only know this because I saw that this week. Is it 1892? Hey! So we're getting ready. Uh, Auburn is going to be playing. Auburn right now is ranked number 18. They're going to be hosting number 2 Georgia. How about that? Before we talk a little bit about that game, any thoughts, anything that's sort of lingering in your mind from that LSU game? We obviously... Did the recap podcast? Yeah. Like yeah, a little delirious. Don't remember much of it. Probably, yeah. Uh, I thought we just dreamed it. <laughs> uh, anything that is still kind of sticking with you from that big win in Baton Rouge before we start to talk about Georgia? I mean, they have, you know, a chance in this game because they won that game. You know, they have a chance. Uh, and that's, uh, I don't know, that, that was kind of, that was my final thought is, and, you know, and we said it after and maybe I didn't mention this on the podcast, is, you know, with a little bit of reflection, I don't know if Auburn's actually any better than they were Friday before the LSU game. They certainly didn't, you know, I mean, it's not like, the, you know, problems were exposed still. They, they trailed or did not win uh-huh. for all but about four minutes. Things were ugly in the first half. It looked bad. And, uh, you know, the running game, it wasn't like they found some solution. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, Bo just bailed them out in a lot of cases. Uh, so I don't know if they're actually any better. However, at the same time, Arkansas started its plummet back to earth. Uh, Texas A&M had, has had the bottom fall out. They might just be a bad football team. And, uh, I mean, I just go back to, you know, T.J. Finley's fourth down pass, the Bo's performance in LSU. That keeps you up here. It keeps you upright. It keeps the boat up. Whereas other folks are starting to tumble, starting to gain water. Uh, let's just go all in on this analogy. So that's 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 where I see Auburn. I don't know if Auburn's actually any better for beating LSU. Uh, I don't know if they're a different team than the one we thought they were going down there. But uh, but keep the locker room together keep everyone afloat keep everything afloat you get to keep your season going um whereas other folks are are you know hitting tough times yeah i mean i think there's something to be said to your point it's sort of you are still going steady while the rest of the conference maybe not the entire conference but several notable teams teams used to have to play took two steps back right there has to be something that's to be said for that especially right they hadn't won in Baton Rouge since 1999. Oh, absolutely. A big win for Auburn. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that um, there's something to be said about that, and there's something to be said. If you're going to play Georgia, I feel like this is basically the best circumstances. Georgia comes in, you still don't know about their quarterback situation. Sure. Still don't. Sure. You're coming off a huge win against an SEC West rival. Mm-hmm. You know, a team, again, that you haven't beaten Tiger Stadium since 99. Jerry DiNardo was the LSU coach then, so that tells you how far. Uh, a little guy named Nick Saban had not been to that group. And you don't get that reference because you don't know who Jerry DiNardo is. <laughs> Big Ten Network just, just going off right now. They're so excited to hear Jerry DiNardo's name. So I feel like that situation, you know, you're going to have to play Georgia. Uh-huh. Because they are 
it's kind of the best, you know, and you got Bo Nix that's got a lot of confidence now. It's coming off of one of, to me, one of the better complete games he's ever had at Auburn. It's like, you know, you don't really want to play a defense that's, they're giving up, what, like 4.6 points per game? Like yeah. Something it's nuts. Not, yeah, nuts. Right. This is kind of the best situation also to play them at home mm-hmm. and, and to have a chance to, to let the fans and Jordan Hare kind of, you know, maybe play a factor into this one, especially if it's close. Hey, man, 2017 back-to-back beat number one. Auburn wasn't a better team than either of those guys, <laughs> Georgia or Alabama, but they beat their butts and beat them convincingly because Jordan Hare Stadium, and this is me, you know, going a leeway into a uh, segue into kind of one of the, my stories for this week is – Jordan uh, Hare Stadium is one of the toughest places to play in the country. We've heard all about the whiteout at Happy Valley. We've heard about the night game at Death Valley. And now, you know, here you go. Here's your chance. Because, you know, I mean, who else can say, who else has the back, back-to-back beat number one? You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's obviously, Jordan Hare just doesn't have a cool name like those places. <laughs> Other, as a fellow Jordan, I might argue. Yeah, but I just, I think about how um, Alabama uh, went to the swamp earlier this year. Remember, I think on this podcast, Jordan, I said that was going to be a close game. And I, I mean, I truly did not think so. I mean, yeah. And it, and it ended up being a close game, and then Florida goes off and loses at Kentucky. So maybe Kentucky's decent. I doubt it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, home field advantage, man, can be a, can be a big deal. And uh, I think if you're an Auburn fan this week, this is the week to, um, you know, everything that's going on, you know, uh, almost losing to Georgia State, whatever you're angry about, man, whatever it is, this is the week to let it out. And I, uh, I think about – you know, I, I wasn't here in 2017, but I think about those games, and I think about the 06 Florida game, which I think might still be the loudest I've ever heard during their stadium. And that was when uh, Auburn came in. They lost to Arkansas in an 11 a.m. game inexplicably the week before when they had gotten up to, like, number two in the country. Uh, and then they then Florida came around. Everyone knew Florida was good. Chris Leak, Tim Tebow, everybody knew they were on their way to the national championship, which they did win. And uh, and but everyone went into Jordanair Stadium just angry, just ticked off, and uh, it created an incredible environment. And uh, that's what you want in this game. It's like, hey man, you know, you're probably not the better team. You know, Georgia might be on its way to its first national championship since 1980. Those guys look good, but. For 60 minutes, you just got to go in there and think all that matters is beat Georgia, right? And uh, that's – I'm going to be looking – you know, I'm looking forward to seeing the environment. Um, You know, Bo kind of talked about it today, how insane it got second half in 2019 when they almost mounted that comeback. Um, And it did. It got loud. Uh, We're we're in an enclosed press box now, so it's hard to compare and contrast these days uh, as the, the noise volume. Uh, but um, but yeah, I, I expect a pretty big, pretty pretty angry Auburn crowd, uh, and and you know the win, you know the win, like we said, surviving Georgia State and the win at LSU creates that, and, and I, I think it'll be a big environment, and we'll see how how much they can affect uh, Georgia because again, like we say, uh, Georgia is one of the best teams in the country. I think we both feel that way. Yeah, I agree. Uh, to hit on your point about the, the crowd, to me, and, and I'll go ahead and throw this caveat before I say this, I wasn't on the beat when Auburn played at LSU in 2019, and I wasn't there when Auburn played at Florida that year because I've heard you guys talk about Florida so loud. <laughs> but 
saying in my experience, I really feel like the loudest I've ever heard a stadium was Jordan here in 2017 when sure. Auburn beat Alabama and that punched their ticket to the SEC championship. Like, you know, whether you've measured them as the top or who's the best or it's Florida, it's mm-hmm. Auburn is among the loudest. I think so. And I would say this to the Auburn fans that are going to be there, just a heads up, look. You go to Ar- Auburn goes to Arkansas next week. There's mm-hmm. a bye week. Then you play Ole Miss. Then I'm saying you got plenty of time to heal that voice if you want to. Just- <laughs> you got time. I mean, unless you're flying to Fayetteville, you got a little bit of recovery time if you want to just lay it all out on Saturday. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. Um, I think they would, and I think they should. And I think Auburn fans have a lot to be. You know, this coaching change and everything. I mean, you got a lot to be frustrated about, and you can let it all out in one in one moment, and we'll see if it can knock Georgia off kilter, man. I've, uh, I, but but as far as on the field, man, the dogs are good, and uh, you know, held. What are they allowing for? What is it? Four point six points per game. I think that's right. Like, hey, man. Been, I think like I think opponents have only crossed midfield. Only crossed midfield. I'm not talking about touch. Jesus. Like nineteen times. <laughs> Right. Like, it's just nuts. I, to be fair, I mean, other than Clemson, which Clemson isn't the usual Clemson, mm-hmm. and it's been like Vanderbilt again. I think that Arkansas team's pretty good, but like this Auburn will be one of the better teams they play. My and and as we talk about this road game thing, Georgia hadn't played at nobody, Paul. Nope. Right. Vandy. <laughs> they played at Vandy. Vandy. They played Clemson at neutral site. Yeah, in Charlotte. So there you go. You know, maybe this new team, you know, obviously they've played in tough road games last year, but this season, COVID last year. And Stetson Bennett, who we really think, again, we're recording. Could, could, yeah, right. This would be the biggest road situation he's found himself in as the starter. That's true. So, I mean, that's, I think it matters. I don't think Mm -hmm. it's just something that you say because, you know, what else is there to talk about because Georgia's defense is really good. I think Mm -hmm. if Auburn's got a chance, that's going to be huge. If it's close. That I mean, you know, that that will play a major factor if Auburn's able to keep it close. Yeah, that's the plan is keep it much like LSU, keep it close, get to the fourth quarter, do some crazy stuff and win. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, <laughs> that's the closest thing you got to a game plan. I don't know, man. My uh my feelings about Kirby Smart are well documented. I think he's a great football coach. I've, I think I've said it before, man. I mean, okay, so what what's the knock on Kirby? You can't win the big game, right? Mm. All those pretty much. If you take away, he only has a handful of losses, like five important losses that you point to, right? Three of them. It's like okay, he had Tua nailed down. He had Tua, or he had Jalen nailed down. Had Jalen beat, and then Tua came in. The whole game plan changes. The offense came back, and then the reverse happened. The next time he had uh, Tua nailed down. They weren't doing nothing on offense. Jalen comes in and runs and changes the changes everything. You just can't adjust that fast. Now they're two starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, I'm telling you, man, if you took away those losses, if Alabama just didn't happen to have two NFL quarter, starting quarterbacks on the same roster, he wins both of those games. And look at look at where his resume is. So, um, man, it's a tough opponent coming in. And uh, well, and again, like everyone says, it's Alabama and Georgia, and you know who else is. And Alabama's shown, you know, they went to Florida and showed some weaknesses. So it's everyone chasing these two teams. Um, and just Auburn should not take the opportunity lightly, and they won't. Uh, but, you know, one of the best teams in the country is coming, coming to town Saturday. So get your tickets. It's going to be well worth the cost of admission. Well, uh, you know, again, 
It's always fun when we're able to get on the beat riders from some of these teams. Yes. It's been nice the last couple of weeks. It's been guys that I've known really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week we got Jake Rowe from Dogs 247. Uh, Jake used to be my boss. Hey. So you got a lot in common. There you go. Uh, Let's talk to Jake. Stick around after Jake. We're going to do some picks. Yeah. You'll, so we haven't talked about our George, Auburn Georgia pick yet. Not at all. After we talk to Jake, we'll we'll drop our selections. Yeah, so let's turn over to Jake Rowe and see what he has to say about Georgia. Jake, uh, we're getting ready for the game on Saturday, another edition of the Deep South's oldest rivalry. Just, you know, Georgia's coming off of this big win against Arkansas. Just where do you think this team is coming into this game against Auburn? You know, it's – I always – I, I kind of – you talk about a team, and, and this team has it's kind of impressed me. Like, I really didn't know – you know, I saw them beat UAB the way they did, beat South Carolina the way they did, and I'm like, okay. And they beat Vanderbilt, and you're like, well, it's Vanderbilt. And then uh, Arkansas comes in. You know how hard Arkansas is playing right now. Um, you knew it was going to be a tough matchup for Arkansas, but then, you know, no JT Daniels, the way Georgia jumped all over them, uh, the way they've jumped all over everybody, um, even even Clemson, not necessarily from an offensive perspective, but just from a from a uh, just a team perspective, just the energy and and how Georgia's come out in every game this year, you know I, I've been impressed. And uh, the, covering Georgia for several years, it's not easy to do that. You know, I I, I kind of you know you deal with a lot of fans and and a lot of people who just think that when when the team plays well that they're unbeatable. And I definitely don't think that, but I do think that. You know, this Georgia team has come together in, in a really big way. They've kind of overcome some obstacles. They don't have a lot of help at receiver. They've had some key players down early in the year. But they just kind of keep finding ways to land punches square on the, the opponent's chin. And, and that's really kind of, you know, caught my eye about this team. And, and obviously how well they're playing defensively, how they're finding ways to put up points offensively. And do it in different ways. You know, they've, they've leaned on the passing game. They're leaning on the run game. They've been balanced. And um, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do in their first true road environment since 2019. The thing that has stood out to everyone who's watched Georgia this year has been that defense. I was looking at some of the numbers uh, so far this year. Just what has stood out to you just how this defense has played? What has been their strength and has made them so hard to, to get even any yards on, much less points? Well, I'm not going to sit here and say they've played any elite offenses or any great offenses. They haven't, um, but they've made, you know, so-so suspect bad offenses look the way they should, which is, you know, kind of all you can do as far if you're playing a schedule like that. I don't necessarily think, and sorry to the Auburn fans are going to see this, I don't necessarily think they're going to be up against an elite offense on Saturday either. Um, but but I do, you know, I, I think this Georgia team – and, 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 you know, everybody's talking about kind of the generational aspect of it or whatever. Georgia was more talented on defense last year. Georgia had Eric Stokes and Tyson Campbell at cornerback. They had, uh, uh, you know, even D.J. Daniel there for depth. They had Richard LeCount at safety for half the year. I mean, they had him for when they played Auburn. I think he ended up getting kicked out of that game or, or uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he did. He, he got booted so. from that game for targeting. Um, and, uh, you know, they don't have him. They don't, they don't have Monty Rice. They don't have uh, Aziz Ojolari and Jermaine Johnson, Tyreek Stevenson. I mean, Georgia's got three defensive players playing for other college programs right now, or two defense players from last year's team playing for other college programs right now that they may be the best defensive player on that team. You know, Jermaine Johnson may be FSU's best defensive player. Tyreek Stevenson may be uh, uh, Miami's best defensive player. 
but they they've kind of put it together and I think it all kind of hinges on what they're doing up front especially from the interior because Jordan Davis is much more of a disruptive tackle for loss pass rush threat than he has been in the past same thing for Devontae Wyatt same thing for Jalen Carter I don't know why that is I, I don't know if that's because Maybe that's a Will Muschamp influence a little bit. I know Auburn fans are familiar with him as a defensive coordinator. I don't know if it's a philosophy change. I don't know if it's something Georgia did to maybe try and do a better job of protecting a, a, a secondary that had to replace some pieces. But that has been the biggest difference is every team they've played, it's been the quarterback's been under duress. He's had to run around and, and try to figure things out. And, and the guys who run around, and I know Bo Nix has done, that, has done that really well. He did that really well against LSU. I watched that game is, you know, Georgia hasn't really allowed that. You know, they, they you know, teams, Luke Doty was able to do it a little, but, um, you know, they, they've done a good job making quarterbacks really uncomfortable. And I think that's the biggest difference between this Georgia defense and the ones that, that maybe came before it, that, 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 that stopped the run and locked you down in coverage and didn't allow you to make big plays, but they didn't really set you behind the chains a whole lot. This Georgia defense puts you behind the chains a lot more often. It was kind of funny. I wrote about this this morning, but it's almost deja vu for Auburn coming in this Georgia game. This is the second straight year where it's been, is Stetson Bennett going to start or is JT Daniels going to start? Obviously a little bit different circumstances, but JT dealing with that lad injury and, and we're recording, it's only Tuesday, but just what's your feel for it? And, and what do you think as far as who we're going to see behind center for Georgia on Saturday? Georgia's in a tough spot, man, because they've got to kind of hurry up and wait. Uh, they've got to kind of get him well as quickly as they can without a putting him in a position to make it a grade two or a grade three strain that could, you know, knock him out for weeks, months, you know, the entire year. And also while getting him healthy enough to play where he doesn't just continue to re-aggravate it. Um, you know, as of right now, seeing as how JT didn't practice on Monday, didn't throw on Monday, I would say probably Stetson. Uh, but the last time I said probably Stetson, JT started against South Carolina. So, um, you know, I think ultimately it's it's just going to come down to, you know, the medical staff and what they're going to allow them to do. Um, you know, people like to call it a pain tolerance issue, and Kirby even mentioned that himself. But I think it's a little bit more than that. I mean, when you're you're sitting there and you've got, you know, you can imagine if you've, you're playing golf, you got to, your back's bothering you a little bit, you're not going to swing as hard because you know that – and sometimes your body's not going to let you swing as hard. And and I think JT may be battling some of that as well. But, you know, I think Stetson will probably, uh, you know, be the guy. And if he is, it'll be the first true road game he's ever played in his entire life. So, as far as SEC ball, I mean, it'll be the first thing he's ever seen anything like Auburn and Jordan Air Stadium. You've mentioned a few guys on both sides of the ball, but just what are some names, who are some players you think can uh, really stand out? You know, guys that Auburn fans will probably want to keep an eye on from the Georgia perspective on Saturday. Well, I would say Brock Bowers. Uh, Brock Bowers has really surprised me. I mean, I thought he would be a factor. I didn't think he would be the factor. I didn't think he would be the leading receiver. I didn't think he would have five touchdowns through five games. And, and that, that come, that's without a catch. Uh, on Georgia's 11 pass attempts against uh, against uh, Arkansas, he's a he's a really good player. He's coming along as a blocker, and that's earning him. I think that's going to earn him more snaps going forward. And and he's almost kind of like Georgia's. Georgia's got seven healthy scholarship receivers. One of those guys didn't used to be on scholarship. One of those guys is not 100, percent and another one of those guys is a freshman from Alabama, from Phoenix City, uh, Jackson Meeks, who doesn't play a ton. You know, doesn't really isn't really a crunch time snap guy. So they're really beat up at receiver. But Brock Bowers has kind of 
you know, morphed into that role a little bit for Georgia, not necessarily from an alignment standpoint, but from a weapon standpoint. And he's a really good player. Uh, you know, defensively, uh, Jalen Carter is probably the number one guy, I think, that that every team kind of has to look for from a don't let him wreck the game type perspective. Devontae Wyatt, Jordan Davis, they both had their moments. Trayvon Walker, Nolan Smith, Adam Anderson, all those guys are capable playmakers. But it seems like every single week, you're seeing you're seeing Jalen Carter, you know, just miss a sack or, or 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 blow a play up in the backfield, and he's a guy that I think has really come on for Georgia, and probably a big reason why the defense is doing what I said earlier as far as being a more disruptive, um, and and you know that that to me is is a big factor as well. And then I, I would also throw Keely Ringo in there, not necessarily from a, oh man, this kid's playing extremely well. And he's not, he is playing well. I think he's allowed. He's been targeted several times this year. He's had a, he had a couple of pass interference penalties in the Clemson game, uh, but he's been targeted since, and I think he's only allowed one catch this year. He's played well, but I also think that might be a spot where Auburn might look and see, hey, let's see how good this kid is because, um, you know, I, he hasn't been tested all that hard, and when he has, he's passed it, but I think Auburn might have a, a couple of weapons in Demetrius Robertson even, um, with, with, that a guy that maybe can can kind of test him a little bit, but it, then again, it comes down to protecting the quarterback and giving him time to get downfield. When you look at Saturday's game, what what are the keys in your mind for Georgia? And if you feel like giving a prediction, by all means, uh, throw it out there. Yeah, I, it's tough to give a prediction on Tuesday because, man, I'll be honest with you, I, I did a and a with uh, Hog Sports' Trey Biddy last week, and I said, I don't think Georgia will cover, but I think they win by 10 points. And then I picked the next day, and I picked Georgia to cover. I picked Georgia, you know, to win by 22. So it's, it's just kind of like a – I think this is a tough matchup for Auburn. And and I don't think it's an easy matchup for Georgia by any means, especially with being on the road and, and playing in that environment. But Auburn wants to run the football, and until I see somebody do that against Georgia, um, I've seen a, a, a team or two rip off a big play and kind of make it look like they ran the football fairly efficiently. But more often than not, about 90, 95 to 97% of teams' run plays are not efficient against Georgia. And I think Auburn needs to be efficient on the ground to be successful. So I think that's that's one of the things kind of standing in Auburn's way. Um, but, you know, if I'm looking at Georgia, I think Georgia has to be able to try to run the ball a little bit. I think Georgia does also has to be able to run the ball efficiently. Um, and, and I think Stetson Bennett's got to make good decisions because when you're playing in an environment like that, the miscommunications, the young people that they're relying on at receiver, uh, A.D. Mitchell, Lab McConkie, uh, Justin Robinson, even Trey Burton, uh, Jermaine Burton, not Trey Burton. He plays in the – he's Florida tight end. Yeah. Uh, but even Jermaine Burton, all those guys are first and second year guys. I mean, Kiaris Jackson is not 100% healthy. He kind of, you know, lit Auburn up last year. Uh, but he's not 100% healthy, and, and he's the only real experienced vet Georgia has at receiver right now. So when you put that along with Stetson Bennett playing in, a, in an environment like that, those guys also playing in an environment like that, I think Georgia's going to have to get something going in a run game. And while it was against a different style defense, they get they got some confidence in that area last week. So I'll be interested to see kind of how that happens. And I would say the the X factor for me is Stetson Bennett in the run game because – while, you know, not a quarterback power guy or anything like that, but zone read, you know, RPO stuff, scrambling out of the pocket. I mean, I think one of the signature plays that allowed Georgia to get up on Auburn last year was that 
Uh, I believe that Auburn brought kind of like an all-out blitz, and he just bailed completely out of it, hit Kiaris Jackson for a first down, and, and really kind of grabbed the momentum for George at home. I think Stetson Bennett's ability to extend plays and pick up yards with his legs is a big-time X factor in this game. You hit on one of the things I'll be really interested to see Saturday is Auburn trying to run the ball in Georgia. Not only is Georgia's run defense so good, the last two games, and that's including Georgia State, Auburn really couldn't run the ball. And, and in that LSU game, it was sort of like you mentioned when teams have played Georgia, it's like they broke a few plays and you look at the stats and say, well, they run the ball pretty well. It really didn't happen until the last drive when Auburn absolutely had to have it and, and Jarquez Hunter was able to break a few big runs. What, uh, let me ask you this, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to turn into interviewer here, but uh, what, what's been kind of the breakdown there with, with Jarquez Hunter and Tank Bigsby? It seems like, you know, Tank, uh, it, I haven't really looked at the numbers, but after, from watching most of the last couple, two or three games with Auburn, where, where has kind of Tank Bigsby been? Is, is he dinged up? What's going on there? That's the funny thing. We all thought watching the LSU game, because I, I don't remember what the split wound up being, but Jarquez was used more than Tank was. Uh, so Monday, Brian Harson was asked, you know, is Tank hurt? And he said, no, Tank's fine. So I don't know if they just want to roll with that hot hand. And, and to be fair, the big plays that were broken on the ground against LSU were Jarquez Hunter. Um, so, so it seems like they really like what Jarquez is bringing to the table. And, you know, fair to say so, because right now he's leading the nation. I think he's still averaging like 11 yards a carry. Um, and for a guy that's gotten as many carries as he's gotten, that's pretty significant. Um, so I think they're trying to keep running with both of those guys, but they're letting Jarquez uh, tote the rock a pretty good bit. I'll throw this in there as far as the run game goes, and this this digs back to, you know, almost a decade ago. But one thing that kind of always intrigued me um, about Mike Bobo, and listen, he had Todd Gurley running the football for him, but you look at that 2012 Alabama defense, I think they averaged 4.16 yards per play given up. Uh, because everybody's been trying to compare Georgia to that 2011 Alabama defense that gave up like 3.3 yards per play or something crazy. That next year, I was like, you know, I was thinking in my mind that the 2012 team may have been just as good defensively. Uh, they weren't quite in terms of statistics, but they were they were extremely good. And I think back to that SEC championship game that Georgia lost, and Mike Bobo, I don't know if Kirby uh, – I haven't really studied the film or anything like that, and I probably won't because I won't have time – but Mike Bobo found a way to get things going in the run game against an Alabama defense that didn't allow people to run the football. And again, that's with Todd Gurley. But I do think that Georgia's 1-2 that year of Todd Gurley and Keith Marshall is probably not quite as good as Georgia's – I mean, Auburn's 1-2 of Tank Bigsby and, and Jarquez Hunter. I mean, you know, Keith Marshall was a big play back but wasn't really – didn't really carry the football in that game. Um, so that kind of interests me. Now, I also think that, you know, you got Aaron Murray and everything that he accomplished as a quarterback as a downfield passer. Um, you know, can Bo Nix kind of give that run game that amount of support, maybe throw George out of some stuff. But Colt Kubelik, I think, has been the guy that's kind of been on this since the Clemson game. And it doesn't get talked about a ton. But the one thing that Georgia does that kind of really gives teams trouble is they control the run without numbers. They control the run without the extra guy. They, you know, if they feel good about, listen, if you've got six in there and they've got six in there, Georgia thinks they can stop the run, and they have thus far. And uh, I don't know much about Auburn's offensive line and how it's played thus far this year, but that's going to be the key for Auburn is can Auburn get the numbers and make them count And because Georgia's going to give them to them. 
It's going to be a really exciting game on Saturday. Before I let you get out of here, Jake, I want to give you this opportunity. I was the intern there at Dog 247. If you got any stories for anybody that's listening, have at it. Oh, man. You're you're just such a decent person, you know, like – I've, you know, I've had interns, I've had people that I've hung around on the road and whatnot that, uh, that, you know, I could tell some stories on. I don't really, I mean, I know one time, uh, I know one time me and a guy that works over at On3 now, Jake Roos, we, uh, we were in Tennessee. I don't know if, I don't know if you remember this one. We oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We went over to uh, Calhoun's on the river and uh, we had a little too much, uh, too, we overserved ourselves a little bit at the bar. And I had to, uh, I had to call Jordan and be like, you yeah, this was, this was, I think, pre- uber being on fire you know it wasn't quite there this was this was the nick chubb game wasn't it it was the it nick was. chubb getting hurt like that wasn't it yeah because you interned in 15 and i uh, had to had to get jordan to come pick me up i had to get jordan to come get us up and chauffeur us around and he did jordan's a good dude man and uh i've always always been a big fan of your work and uh you know i know that uh i, I know that you'll have this one covered up from front to back for sure Appreciate that. Before we get out of here, I just want to point out that was also the game that Connor Riley of Dog Nation slept under the desk he in did. the room we were saying. That's commitment. That is yeah, commitment I mean, to want to be there. You know, it's, it's made me it's made me wonder if if Connor doesn't have some old hound dog in him somewhere because you know there were a lot of places to sleep in that room, but he was ready for an earthquake, brother. He was under that table. He wasn't he wasn't gonna let anything fall on top of his head. But yeah, he he uh, he asked if he could bunk up, and I don't even know what he covered up with. Maybe his own hoodie, because I don't remember calling. And well, I mean, I don't know how much I could have remembered, but uh, he I, he didn't he didn't call for ask for any extra blankets or anything like that. So uh, he um he uh, he he made it happen that night. Well, I'll let you get out of here, Jake. But before you do, um, just let the people know where they can read your stuff, uh, where you're at on social media, all the good stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm at uh, at row r o w e two four seven on Twitter. Um, obviously, write for dogs twenty four seven, according to the background back here. And then uh, Tuesday, sorry, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday after every Georgia game, um, you can find our live show on YouTube. It, we convert it to a podcast uh, within the next twelve hours. Uh, pretty much every time we do a live show, it's actually really taken off. Really proud of it. Um, it's. Uh, uh, and it's a lot of fun. Me, Kip Adams, Rusty Mansell, we all get on, talk about Georgia, talk about what's going on with the SEC. And uh, we'll be on tomorrow. Um, you know, like you said, we're taping this on Tuesday. So we'll be on Wednesday and Thursday talking about this Auburn game and breaking it down. So if you kind of want an opposing view and uh, some people that Georgia fans get mad at because we actually do dare to cast doubt on whether or not Georgia can just beat the, you know, living daylights out of the other opponent right now. And Georgia fans don't want to hear that. Uh, but yeah, if if you want to hear somebody maybe talk about how your team has a chance against Georgia, then then give us a shot because we we definitely do that. Jake, as always, I appreciate the time and looking forward to the content you guys put out these next few days. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Welcome back to the podcast. We got a special guest. The debut of Jake Weiss. Jake Weiss, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. Intern Jake Weiss. Don't don't take all the time. Let's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're going to jump right into this. Every week in the paper, we do the real experts. That's where we pick 10 high school games and five college games. Right. Straight up, no spreads, anything like that. So we're going to jump in and we, talk about some of these games. Jordan's leading, I think. 
Yeah, I think it's close. Next okay. week when I'm... We haven't done the math yet. When I'm much more prepared. <laughs> we're going to do the breakdown and the standings. So we're going to jump into it. We Let's go over it. Thursday night action. Russell County at Sydney Lanier. Thursday night at Crampton Bowl. Yes. I'm going to go Russell County. Jake, you got... Russell County. Russell County. We're all on the Warriors. All right. Prattville at Central Phoenix City. If Central wins, they're going to be the region champs once again. I say they get it done. Central wins. I'm going Central. Central. Yeah. Red Devils roll. Lee Montgomery at Opelika. Not going to really explain this one, Opelika. <laughs> Opelika, too. Lee Montgomery has had some good days, but this year, mm, not so much. Yeah. Opelika, I think, will win. Opelika got their offense a little bit figured out at Russell County. All right, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Tallahassee at Talladega. Jalen Daniels going to run for 300 yards. Mm-hmm. Tallahassee's going to win. I was going to go Tallahassee. I like Jalen. I like the running game they got. Which one of these teams has Jalen Daniels? Oh, Tallahassee. I picked Tallahassee. There you go. Deal at Realtown. This is nice. We got two local teams playing. I'm going to go with Realtown. Realtown. Rebels. Yep. Yeah, Realtown. Horseshoe Ben at Lafette. I'm going to go Lafette. I'm going Lafette. Bulldogs. We're all on the Bulldogs. Lynette at Ramburn. I just don't ever doubt Clifford's story unless it gives me a reason to. Go on, Lynette. Lynette. Give me Lynette. Yeah. Verbena at Lochapoca. Go on, the Indians. Lochapoca. Give me Lochapoca. Poca. Have you seen Poca yet this year? No, I haven't. Okay. He's going, I'm going, this, He's Friday, going this, Friday. this Friday. Jake will be there. That'll be the Jake Weiss experience. Lee Scott at Valiant Cross. Valiant Cross is a lot better than they have been, but I'm going with Lee Scott. I'm going with Lee Scott as well. Lee Scott, what a story, uh, and what a turnaround they've had. Their only losses to top five teams, as far as I know. Uh, so, yeah, unless Pike, Lib, and Glenwood have fallen, I don't think they have. So, there you go. Uh, Lee Scott, I'll pick Lee Scott. Last high school game, Edgewood at Chambers Academy. I'm going to go a little bit of an upset. <gasps> Edgewood. Edgewood beat them last year in the regular season. Chambers Academy came back and beat them in the, uh, in the playoffs on their way to the state championship. But uh, a lot of drama going into that one. I'm going Chambers. Uh, they've been rolling, so I don't think the train's going to stop anytime. I'll take Chambers Academy, too. All right, going to the college games, starting with Arkansas at Ole Miss. I'm going to go with Lane and Ole Miss. I like Arkansas's defense in this one. Explain yourself. <laughs> what do you mean? You like the defense? Yeah. Sam Pittman will have them ready. Ole Miss. <laughs> What's the spread, I wonder? I don't know. I don't know. How could we have looked that up? Yeah. Oklahoma versus Texas in the Red River shootout. I'm going to go with Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I'll tell you what. A way to survive. I tell you what, boys. I'll go. I'll go for the the big upset. I'm telling you, man. Hook 'em horns. You get in these games where uh, these like all these five stars, these six stars at Texas, they'll play down to competition. But then when somebody like Oklahoma comes in and they're ranked, well, Oklahoma's still ranked high, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, ranked third or fourth. It's like. You're not the number one team in the country. I'm the number one team in the country. I, it always happens, man. In the rivalry game, the, I assume it's still that neutral site situation. I pick, I pick Texas for the upset uh, just because, I mean, when you, talent has a short memory, we've said it before, I think Texas wins. Okay, cool. Hook them. Okay, cool. Hook them. LSU at Kentucky. I've gone back and forth on this game, and I'm going to pick LSU. I, I think that knowing <gasps> Coach O's job's on the line, I think they're going to beat Kentucky. I'll take Kentucky. They look good against Florida. They're at home again. I'm taking Kentucky. Jake, did you actually watch that game? Watch the end of it. Okay. They look good? They look pretty good to me, yeah. Okay. I don't think anyone watched that game. <laughs> it was on before the Auburn game, so I, uh, I didn't have uh, who's, ESPNU. Who's good for Kentucky? Is Cavassier Smoke still there? I don't know. No. No? No. I pick LSU then. <laughs> there you go. Alabama and Texas A&M. Alabama roll tide. Alabama. RTR. 
Yeah, easy. And then the big game, the one we're all going to be The at, big one. The big one. Georgia at Auburn. I'm picking Georgia, and I don't know if y'all remember y'all scores from picks and predictions, but I'm going Georgia 27 to 10. Just not convinced that uh, Auburn's going to be able to score enough points to keep up. Home crowd will keep Auburn in it, but it's going to be Georgia 17, Auburn 10. My God, what a low-scoring game. That favors the yeah. Tigers. Uh, I picked Georgia, but I'm telling you, I, what's the, the spread? It's like 16. Yeah. I'm just saying. It's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. I picked Georgia by about 10 or 12. I think that's fair. It'll be fun to watch. I uh, appreciate everyone uh, listening in and watching this week. We'll have our recap. Great job, Jake. Jake Lee's with an outstanding introduction mm-hmm. to the podcast. But we'll have you guys covered with uh, stories and previews coming into the Deep South's oldest rivalry. We'll have stories from the game. And then we'll have the post-game uh, podcast and many stories to follow after that. So, uh, Justin, are we done here? We got anything else? We're, We're done. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Let's get ready for Saturday again. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. And until next time, take care.